Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fresh Frozen Southerner podcast. My name is Jay. Happy holidays to everyone, and I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, Mine was very nice, uh, except for my Cowboys screwing around and losing that game. Everything else was fantastic, though. Weather in the South was unbelievable. It's been very cold up here in the great frozen north. And on Thursday in Roanoke, Virginia, it was 65 and sunny. And I was walking around outside with a t-shirt on for most of the day. Man, was it fantastic. That is such a nice change. Things just really are better in the south. I know that's not a popular opinion in most of the country. I saw a meme on the internet a couple of years ago that said, everybody loves to talk shit about the south, but nobody ever retires and moves north. And boy, did that hit home, because it is absolutely the truth. If you go to certain parts of Florida, you're not in the South. You're in an annex of New York, because everybody down there moved from the Northeast portion of the United States, and I don't blame them, because the weather is horrible up here, and it's dreary, and it's cold for six months out of the year. And moving somewhere where you can get out and do whatever you want for nine months out of the year is incredibly nice, and it's really nice just to see the sun sometimes through the year, or through the winter, I mean. But Thanksgiving was very nice. I hope everybody had one that was at least as nice as mine, maybe better. I'm sure Raiders fans had a much better Thanksgiving evening than I did. But uh, it seems like Black Friday went off without a hitch this year as well. It was an oddly calm Black Friday. By all reports, the shopper turnout was very good all across the country. But you don't hear any of the horror stories that you usually associate with Black Friday. I wonder if the retail numbers are as good as they're saying, or if it's because there's a Democrat in office and the media wants to put a positive spin. It's really a shame that that's where we are, that if I see something in the news, I've got to consider what news source it come from and which political party is in power before I decide how I'm going to take that headline. I'm going to speak more about this on Friday, uh, but the media has gotten way out of control, and you've got to factor in so many other variables when you're trying to decide if what they're telling you is anywhere close to the truth. I say a lot of times it should just be this is what happened today, and that be the end of it. Let me decide how I feel and what it means, but we don't get that from any news organization, right or left. Uh, It's a shame. Like I say, I'm going to talk more about that on Friday, so I don't want to go off on a big jag. But from all accounts, the shopping turnout was very good. Uh, The retailers did very well. It seems like a lot of people are wanting to go back to brick and mortar stores. I think it's just that everybody's sick of being inside and they like getting outside and being in a crowd, even the people that are a little bit nervous about going out. Again, all these people, they'll tell you that they don't like being out in a crowd, and then they'll tell you that they're fully vaccinated. So I'm not sure where the nervousness is coming from. As a matter of fact, I was in a store on Monday and I was walking past a gentleman and he was talking to one of the employees of that store and he had a mask on. He was one of the few people in the store with a mask on. And as I was walking past, he was telling this young lady that he's fully vaccinated, but he doesn't trust other people. And I've said it before. It's still true. If the vaccine works, you don't have to worry about what other people do. If the vaccine doesn't work, it doesn't matter if both of you are vaccinated. It's one or the other. You have to pick one. Does the vaccine do anything for you or does it not do anything for you? But again, that's not what I want to talk about. I just wanted to give a little bit of good news about the holiday season and the Black Friday shopping. And I love to see that people are going back out to malls. Um, I was born in 1975, so I grew up in the heyday of the big malls. Malls are always going to hold kind of a 
warm place in my heart because that was growing up in a rural area. That was really about the only place that as a teenager you could go. You know, you're not old enough to go to a bar and drink. So you got to go out to the mall and just walk around. And the mall where I am from actually sat in between the city I lived in and the neighboring city. So you had people from several different high schools coming and hanging out. I don't remember a lot of, or any problems really. I'm sure there were some fights every once in a while, but it was mostly just, you know, a bunch of high schoolers would go there on a Friday night and you just walk around, you'd chat with people. And it doesn't sound like much now recounting it. That was a big deal when I was a kid. And plus when my children were smaller, living in the mountains, the winters were long, cold, snowy. The mall was somewhere that we could take my son and daughter and let them stretch their legs, run around a little bit. The mall had a play area for little children. They loved Chick-fil-A, so a lot of times we'd get nuggets from Chick-fil-A. It was a nice outing at a time of the year where you couldn't really go do anything else. So I like seeing the malls do better this year. Online shopping just really is killing brick-and-mortar stores. I'm guilty of it, too. It's so convenient to order something from Amazon and have it show up the very next day. But for a lot of things, it's fine. But with clothing, clothing never fits right when I order it. Every brand, their styles fit a little bit differently. Shoes, pants, shirts, I don't care what you're buying. I like to be able to try it on before I pay money for it, which is simple to do if you go to the store because you can try it on. And if it fits, you purchase it. And if it doesn't, you hang it back on the rack. No harm, no foul. If I order something from Amazon and it doesn't fit, I've got to go back onto the computer, do the refund. Then I've got to drive down to the Coles, which is the local drop-off point for Amazon returns. It's not a huge hassle, but there is some extra steps and some driving involved. When you get a shirt that doesn't fit like every other shirt you've ever purchased, and that happens all the time when you purchase something online, Most people love purchasing clothes online. I don't understand it, but that is the direction that retail sales are going because unfortunately, as much as I like seeing malls and being able to go to them, it is an old business model and things have moved on. Societies evolved just like life forms do. And online shopping, you have the advantage of being able to offer a huge array of products. You can have a huge amount of stuff in stock and it is incredibly convenient for the consumer, particularly with Amazon having ironed out all the kinks in their delivery. Like I say, most of the time when you order something from Amazon, it's there the following day. It's not like 20 years ago where you'd order something and you had to wait a week and a half, two weeks for it to show up. You can order something at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday from Amazon, and a lot of times it's there before noon on Wednesday. And sometimes it literally feels like they've got a truck in the parking lot with the engine running waiting for you to order something so it can hit the road and bring it to you. So basically what I'm saying is is I really don't see a lot of retail locations being in business 10 years from now. I'm not happy about that, but it is what it is. While I was perusing stories from this weekend looking for something to talk about concerning Black Friday, I did come across some interesting history of the phenomenon Black Friday originally, the original Black Friday, actually has to do with the stock market. In 1869, there were two wealthy investors, uh, Jay Gould and Jim Fisk, attempted to corner the gold market. Now, their plan did not work, uh, but they did manage to cause a severe blow to the stock market and cost investors millions of dollars. Uh, Millions doesn't sound like a whole lot now, but you got to remember this is 1869. 
So not only did these two individuals not corner the gold market, they managed to bankrupt a lot of people. So a win-win for everyone there. Good job, guys. But that was the original Black Friday. Now, as far as the day after Thanksgiving, that term first started to be used to describe that Friday in the 50s. And originally really did not have anything to do, not directly with retail sales, actually. But it came about in Philadelphia, and it was actually a term that the police department in Philadelphia used because the Army-Navy rivalry football game was always that Saturday, and you had a tremendous amount of people coming into the city of Philadelphia to attend that game, and with them came a lot of criminals. The police department started calling it Black Friday because nobody could have that Friday after Thanksgiving off, and they all had to work double shifts because apparently a lot of the people that were coming into town almost equally divided between people that wanted to go to the football game and people that wanted to cause problems and shoplift. Apparently shoplifting was a huge deal that Friday, but the Black Friday moniker was actually a derogatory term that the police department in Philadelphia used because everybody that worked for the Philadelphia Police Department hated the Friday after Thanksgiving. It wasn't until the late 70s and early 80s that retail stores started using that term to describe their big after Thanksgiving Day sales. Now, originally they were trying to get away from the negative law enforcement shoplifting connotation of Black Friday. When they first started this trend, they were actually trying to rename it Big Friday. Big Friday never really caught on. Black Friday did, and that is how we have the Black Friday sales now. Now, there are a couple of stories floating around that really are not, well, they're just made up, basically. Uh, The first is that the name actually refers to the accounting side of a retail store, Uh, The story goes that because of payroll and overhead taxes, insurance, all these other things, most retail locations would be in the negative all through the year until Black Friday. And the Black Friday sales and the influx of shoppers and all the money they spend would put them into the black, put them into the positive in their ledgers. Old school bookkeeping is if you're in the negative, you use a red pen to show very quickly and at a glance that you're in negative territory. And if you're in positive territory, you write with a black pen. As I said before, that is not true. That's just a myth that's grown up around Black Friday. There is another story that is just 100% of fabrication. And because we have to turn everything into a race issue this In this day and age, there's a story floating around that during the slave days, pre-Civil War in the South, you could purchase black slaves much cheaper on the day after Thanksgiving, which is a 100% ridiculous thing to say, if for no other reason than the fact that Thanksgiving was not an official federal holiday until 1863, which was in the middle of the Civil War. It drives me insane that people do garbage like this. I'm not going to go on a big rant about this, but... If America is really as racist as you're so desperately trying to paint it, why do you have to make shit up all the time? Here's a simple rule of thumb. If you're in an argument and you have to lie to make your side of the argument stronger, you're wrong. It's as simple as that. Thanksgiving and Black Friday have nothing to do with the slave trade in this country. If anybody tells you that, just turn around and walk away. They don't know what they're talking about. But that is the story of Black Friday and how it came to be. 
And this year, I think we can all be thankful that we did not have a bunch of injuries by people attacking each other over little Susie's doll that she asked for for Christmas. And apparently the retailers did very well, and the economy certainly needs that right now. Now, before we get out of here, since this is officially the Christmas season, I did want to take a couple of minutes. I have some thoughts on some Christmas carols. I listen to a lot of Christmas music this time of year. There's a local station that normally plays like 80s, top 40 hits, uh, some stuff from the 90s, but it's more of a pop station. But about halfway through November, they'll switch their programming over to just exclusively Christmas music. Most carols I enjoy just as background noise, but there are a few that I just really, like I say, I have some thoughts on. And the first one is this. Now, we all know this one. This is Jose Feliciano. This gets played a ton. I think most people actually enjoy this. And I'm, I got to be honest, I don't dislike this song. I enjoy it the first time I hear it because it's like, all right, it's Christmas time now. You know, they're, they're playing Jose Feliciano on the radio. And then about the third time I hear it, my attitude changes to, okay, that's, that's enough of that. I, we don't need to hear that every 10 seconds for a month. But like I say, that is a very popular song, and they absolutely play the hell out of it all through this month. I'm sure everyone knows that one as well. And I've got to say... Everybody my age, or at least over the age of 35, has got really fond memories of this Christmas carol simply because it was in A Charlie Brown Christmas. So this comes on, everybody enjoys it, but really listen to this song. This sounds like a funeral dirge. I get that everybody loved the Peanuts Christmas back in the day, uh, my kids don't watch it. They watched it one time. They didn't get into it because there's actual well-written cartoons that they can watch now. And they don't think anything of this song. And they kind of feel the way I do. And they hear it and it's like, this is weird. Why are they playing this at Christmas time? But it's got such a nostalgic factor to it that we get to hear this slow, droning, strange song 785,000 times between Thanksgiving and Christmas Day. And this is really one that I could do without. And then we've got this little classic. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Why is this played at Christmas time? This has nothing to do with Christmas. It's not a Christmas carol. The only thing, even tangentially, that you can say makes it even a cold weather song is that there's one line where she says warm woolen mittens. I really don't understand how this has become a Christmas carol. 
I, I think that where so many stations switch over and they're playing Christmas music 24-7, they had to come up with something to help fill the time. But this is not a Christmas carol. This did not come from a Christmas movie. This is from a musical about a family trying to escape Austria before the Nazis take over, and they take their maid, governess, whatever her title is, who was just somebody that got kicked out of a cloister for being too annoying. All right, I've got just one more of these. I don't want to come off too much like Ebenezer Scrooge, uh, so bear with me, but these are some things I wanted to get off my chest. And the last one is this little classic right here. And if you enjoy this song, I'd love to hear from you because I just, I have to ask why. That, of course, is Barbara Streisand butchering Jingle Bells. The only explanation I can come up for why this song exists is because in the 70s and 80s, a lot of the people in the entertainment industry were doing an obscene amount of cocaine, and that explains both her singing style and the fact that this ridiculous song ever made it into a recording studio, much less onto the radio. But that is by far the most annoying Christmas carol ever written. It even beats out that god-awful Beatles song, uh, Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time, it, which I'm not a big Beatles fan. I don't have anything against them. And I understand there are a lot of people that just really love the Beatles, but that song is garbage, and I will fight you on that if you don't believe me. But Miss Streisand absolutely knocks it out of the park and takes home the gold for the worst Christmas carol ever recorded. All right, guys, that is about all I've got for you today. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Um, as always, I thank you for taking the time to sit down and listen to me. If you did enjoy the show, please leave it a like and a comment. And if you really want to go the extra mile and show me some love in the holiday season, please consider subscribing to the show. As always, you can leave a comment at freshfrozensoutherner at gmail.com or at the Fresh Frozen Southerner Facebook page. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your work week. Uh, happy Hanukkah to my Jewish brethren out there. I will talk to you again on Friday and have a very good week. Thank you very much. <laughs>